good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So, how quickly we forget. I want us to look at Numbers chapter 13, verses 25 through 33. Now this kind of goes with our other, our other message, our other lesson uh, about giants in the land. This kind of goes with that. These two kind of go together. So bear with me. It's Numbers chapter 13, verses 25 through 33. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days. Now, what was going on here was spies had been sent out into the land of Canaan to see what the land was like and to see the people that were possessing the land because the children of Israel were supposed to go into the land and possess the land. You know, God was with them. Okay, but this is when their spies come back. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh and brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the land's fruit. They reported to Moses and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. But the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, walled, and very large. Moreover, we saw there the descendants of Anak, people of great stature and courage. These people descended from Amalek live in the land of the Negev, south country. The Hittite, the Jebusite, and the Amorite live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the Dead Sea and along the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we will certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are too strong for us. So they gave the Israelites a bad report about the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we went in spying it out, it is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. In other words, these are these are giants. These are strong, powerful people. So, let's look at these verses again. Look at verse 28 through 33. Except for Caleb, everyone focused on the strengths, the apparent strength of their opposition. They went by what they could see. And they chose to follow their fear. But these men had seen the same miracles. They had experienced the same power of God that Caleb had. Why did they not agree with Caleb? Well, the reason is fairly simple. They forgot God. They left God out of the equation. They did not believe God. They made the same sin and mistake that Adam and Eve made. They did not believe God. Oftentimes, when presented with a problem or issue, especially something unexpected or something unknown to us, we react in fear. We react by what we see. We make the same mistakes. 
our initial reaction can be fearful and can be disbelief. Now let's look, see how the report was received here. Now this is in Numbers chapter 14 verses 1 through 4. Again, if I didn't say so before, this is all from the Amplified Bible. Then all the congregation of Israel raised their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites murmured in discontent against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Oh, that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land of Canaan to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And so they said to one another, Let us appoint a new leader and return to Egypt. So these people have already forgotten everything they've gone through. The Egyptian army was wiped out. They can't just go back to Egypt anyway. That's not even a valid or rational option. They are reacting so much out of fear. I don't think at this point Egypt would have them back, is what I'm getting at. If you think about it, Egypt is probably very glad that they and God are gone because they wiped out their army. So, it just doesn't make sense. These people are being totally irrational and reacting out of fear in, in a not a very sensible way at all. They're not looking at, you know, the facts and the way things are. They're just thinking of how they want to go back to the way it was. And we can't do that. Once we choose to follow God, once we are following God, we can't just turn around and go back to the way it was. It will never be the way it was. You're, if you try to go backward, your condition will be much worse than what it was. Anyway, these people, after all they had been through, after seeing the power of God and the destruction of the Egyptian army, they were ready to return to bondage in Egypt. Because that would be easier, less risky, and they considered that to be better than following God and better than believing God. And, and here again, they're not believing God. God has already told them and promised them this, this land. How quickly we forget the power of God. How quickly we forget the grace of God and what he has done for us. If we look at Numbers... 14, again, chapter 14, verses 5 through 9. We're just going to continue on. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the Israelites, Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes as a sign of grief. In other words, they just, you know, they were just distraught that the people did not understand and were not listening. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land through which we passed as spies is an exceedingly good land. Now this is Caleb and Joshua, okay? Reminding them, hey, the land is, is great. It's wonderful. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Now here they're telling them, what they need to do. They say, if the Lord delights in us, in other words, if we will follow the Lord, if, 
if we make that effort. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So Joshua and Caleb again are telling the people, look, don't rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people. The Lord is with us. Their protection has been removed. Guess what? The Lord is with us. So you notice what Joshua and Caleb tell the people to remind them, to reassure them, to encourage them. The land is exceedingly good land. God's promise, his blessing is excellent because this was God's promise and blessing to them. If the Lord delights in us, if we trust and believe in God, then, you know, we will have his blessing. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear. The Lord is with us. All these things, all these encouragements, all these reassurances. But the people forget the love of God, his mercy, his forgiveness. They forget his blessings. And look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 10. But all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb with stones. But the glory and brilliance of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, before all the sons of Israel. Now, had God not intervened, the mob would probably have killed Caleb and Joshua. These are the two people besides Moses that they need to be paying attention to. And they're going to kill them. They would have killed them for their faith, for their belief in God. Because their message did not follow the crowd, because they did not give in to fear. Sometimes, and this could be a whole lesson unto itself, but sometimes when we when we side with God, when we follow God and we say, no, that's not the way it is. We're going to follow God and we're not going to have this fear and we're not going to follow the crowd down this path of fear or down this path of anger or down this path of destruction. You know, we don't, when we decide we're not going to follow the crowd to do evil, sometimes the crowd turns on us. So, Don't be surprised when that happens, because that's what happened here. You know, they were reassuring the crowd. They were speaking words of faith and, you know, of of strength. And, uh, like I said, reassuring. Um, They were reminding the people of good things, and the people turned on them to kill them. And that's because... Their message did not follow the same message that the crowd was all in an uproar to follow. All right, so Numbers chapter 14, verse 11. See the very next verse. The Lord said to Moses, now this is after he appeared in the tabernacle. The glory and brilliance of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle to get everybody's attention and to keep them from stoning Joshua and Caleb. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me disrespectfully and reject me? How long and how long will they not believe in me, despite all the miraculous signs which I have performed among them? Exactly. How long? 
I feel the Lord is, ask, is asking us the same every day. How long will we forget the Lord, forget His blessings and live in fear as if God Almighty is not with us? Do not fear the challenges of this life. They are real and can be difficult. But remember, our God is with us. He will guide and protect us. He will help us conquer our obstacles. Now, it's understandable. We're going to have problems. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have issues. And we're going to have to do things to take care of those. Such as, if you are, and one readily apparent issue right now would be this virus. And if you're someone who... Uh, your immune system is compromised and you have to be very careful, you're probably going to need to wear a mask to keep yourself safe. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean you're doing something wrong or you don't believe in God. You're taking appropriate steps for you and then you trust in God from that point on. You know, once we do what we can do at that point, we put our trust in God. You know, and that's just, you know, that's just one small example. There's other examples in life. There's other situations or difficulties that could come up. But God will help us. Now, we do need to do our part and not be foolish. Like I said, if, if you're one of those people that you need to do that, you do that. There are people who don't feel they need to do anything and they don't want to wear a mask and they don't wear a mask. That is... As far as I'm concerned, in this country at least, in the U.S., that is your choice. I don't know that that is the best for you and your family, because even if you do not get something, you could accidentally bring something home. Some people don't get very sick with the virus anyway. It's very minor, and then some people get really sick. So, you know, it's an option, but it's, you know, I choose to be safe for others' sake. Not for myself. I don't worry about myself. I'm not really concerned. I, I think I would be fine. But I choose to follow and do things in such a way as to help protect others. And if it helps comfort others, if it helps them to know and see that, you know, I'm trying to be safe and protect them as well, then that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. This isn't you know, this isn't like a government trying to control you thing. This is just a, you know, let's be kind to our neighbor. Let's uh, just, you know, a little inconvenience for others' sake is okay. We can deal with that. You know, it's not the end of the world. Now, some may get, you know, excited and upset about that, and that's okay. You know, you don't, I'm certainly not trying to shame anyone or say you're doing wrong if you don't want to do that. That is your choice. I just have my own outlook and my own way of viewing that. And that, that's, you know, I'm just, mainly this is just an example of there are real difficulties in life. There are real things. But we have to remember that God is with us and he will help us conquer these obstacles. If we look at Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire, 
and become sharers of the divine nature. So, God has given us everything we need for this life. He's given us all these promises, all his blessings. He's given us everything we need. All we need to do is follow him and not fear. Do what we can do, but do not give in to fear. Do not give in to these other feelings. We should, even if we don't agree and we don't want to, you know, uh, even if we don't agree with someone, we don't need to try to rise up and stone them. We don't need, you know, to kill the messenger, so to speak. You know, God has given us everything we need. We can believe and trust in the Lord. He is our very real and present help in times of trouble. He is always with us. He will guide us and protect us. And all you need to do to know that is to read his word. You know, I'm going to say this, and this is going to be very quick, and then I'm going to, I'm going to let go of this. Um, the Bible is a book. Now, it's God's instruction manual to us. It is a book that leads and guides us through our lives if we will let it. And it should be read like a book. Don't just jump around and skip around and just pick verses out here and there. The whole Bible needs to be read. Now, if you're a beginner and you're new, I would say start with the Gospels and the New Testament and then come back through and read the Old Testament and then read the New Testament again. The reason is we follow Jesus in the New Testament and you need that first so that you will understand better when you come back around and read the Old Testament and see how things were and how things developed. But it is still like a book and we need to read it all. Each book of the Bible should be read as a whole so that we understand it better and understand that the chapter breaks are not always the best, okay? They're not always in the right places. There's even a few chapters that break in the middle of a sentence, which is silly, but it does happen. So, read the book as a whole and try to understand the message of the whole book. Plus, understand how things are happening. Understand the events that are going on as best we can. You know, this is how we learn what we need to learn. And then we can apply that to our lives. That's my whole idea. That's the whole reason we're doing this. That's the whole reason God gave us the Bible anyway. was to read it, to understand it, to learn from it. So, just remember, God has given us everything we need for this life. We can believe and trust in the Lord. We can follow Him and follow the Bible. And he is very real, and he is a very present help in times of trouble. So, I don't want us to forget God. When we go through life and we forget God, that's when we stumble, we stray. That's when we fall into trouble that we don't want. That's when we make bad decisions. These people were forgetting God. They were going to make a horrible decision and try to go back to Egypt. Now, imagine Egypt would no longer want them for one, Egypt would probably most likely want to kill them. So this they were about to make a horrible mistake. But God intervened. He saved Caleb and Joshua, but he also saved the Israelites. It, 
it, it was a harsh thing. It was rough because we know that they wandered out in the desert for 40 years until all those people passed away and then they came back and possessed the land. So it was a harsh uh, road that they had to walk after this. But he intervened and he saved them and he saved their children so that their children did not become prey. All right. So thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope I have not meandered off and around too much. Uh, but it's very important that we do not forget God, that we do not disbelieve God. We need to understand that we can believe and trust God, that he will aid us and guide us and show us how to go through our life. And it's all right there in his word. So, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.